What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dirty Turtles NFL Show presented by WMUC Sports. This is episode two, our first episode after a Sunday of NFL games. I am your host, Jonas Evans, alongside... Brandon Schwartzberg. Nathan Schwartz. Duncan Irvin. Uh, same dudes, hopefully all season long. And we're going to get right into the games. Starting with, quickly, we're just going to uh, say who we're not going to talk about. Because some of these games were not fun or don't matter. First, Dolphins-Texans, 17-9. I think we all agree no one cares about yeah. this game. Teams combining for, what, three wins after yeah. that week. So not I, much enjoyment there. I honestly like can't imagine anyone would sit down and like choose to watch that game. Uh, unless they're fans of either one of those teams. Uh, next... Falcons Saints 27-25. I did pick this game as my uh underdog, so I was happy about that, but it seems it seems the Falcons like the the AFC South is very weird. But yeah, that was also very weird. weird. Young Lake Who with his third game winning kick of the year. Like Atlanta, if Young Lake Who even misses like one of those kicks, like their season is very different yeah. right now. So they're staying in it behind their kicker. Uh also Kyle Pitts, very great player. Um also, we're not going to talk about the Jaguars beating the Bills 9-6, to but that was kind of insane that the Bills lost. Uh, so, so, yeah. We now know who the better Josh Allen is. Right? Picking off Josh Allen. Picking off, fumble recovery, and sacking. Uh, and then uh, Chiefs-Packers, 13-7. Um, yeah, la- Nate? You know, if you watched our last episode, I raved about Jordan Love and how I thought he was going to have an amazing performance against Kansas City's lackluster defense. Um, but just a garbage-time touchdown is all we got out of Jordan Love. A missed tackle by a Chiefs cornerback led to an Alan Lazard touchdown. But it was really just, I think, just like a rookie, his first NFL game, just like jitters playing an arrowhead. I think it was just Kansas City's defense finally actually played a good game. But... Yeah, that's not the best environment to play your first NFL game in. Exactly. Uh, and also, uh, Chiefs being very respectful and giving uh, good seats to his family. In yeah. Literally the very back. Um, finally, Giants-Raiders 23-16. Literally no comments on this game. Uh, Giants, I mean, the Raiders, you, you have to expect that with everything that's going on with them. Um, I think it's kind of hard to control a locker room right now in Las Vegas. And then uh, Patriots-Panthers 24-6. Also a game that like didn't really matter. Um, Panthers are garbage. I think we can all agree on that. I yeah. took the under on that, though. I just need to get my little flex in there. So Yeah, okay. Only bright spot, really, for Carolina, Stephon Gilmore intercepting Mac Jones in a, I guess you could call it a revenge game yeah. for Gilmore, possibly. But Defensive backs in Carolina are actually going to be good for, like, a while now. But it's, yeah, the Panthers are, like, Sam Darnold is awful. He's not good Terrible. at all. Uh, all right, so let's get into actually the good games, starting with Sunday Night Football. Titans defeating the Rams 28-16, to our consensus number one team that we had. Uh, did you, Duncan, did you have your, them as your number one team too? I actually had them as number three. Oh. No, the Rams. Oh, Rams? Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah, Rip. Yeah. I'm just too focused on... Uh, the Titans. Yeah, you were right. You were right about the Titans. So, Titans going to SoFi Stadium. They beat the Rams, who... I mean, this was definitely an upset. Do you, Duncan, do you want to start talking yeah, about so the team? Just to start off, I was laughed at last week when I had the Titans third in my power rankings. But um, they showed up, and this game, like, was not close. It was 21-3 to at halftime. And, like, um, if you watch the broadcast, 
all the announcers were just talking about how much of a surprise. It got a little bit annoying. I can't even lie. Because the start off game harping on how good Sam Darnold and Cooper Cup have been, which or not Sam Darnold, excuse me, Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's like a big storyline for them this whole year. But the Titans just kind of came out and dominated. Like the twenty eight to sixteen isn't really close, but it the game itself was a lot less close than even the final score yeah. represents. I agree with that for sure too. Um, Stafford just wasn't good, like at all. He just yeah. didn't play well. Two interceptions in a row. One was for a pick six. Yeah. Didn't look comfortable. He looked very jumpy. Yeah, that second quarter for him was just brutal, you know? Especially that interception he had in that in the end zone. Just come, like almost getting sacked and then just chucking it up. That yeah. was really just awful. Yeah. One thing I would like to see just in the future from, from the Titans, I mean, their offense really didn't have to do anything in that game. They had 69 rushing yards and 125 passing yards, so they basically got 14 points strictly from the defense. And so I still want to see how their offense looks without Derrick Henry for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. And yet Tennessee is not known, especially in recent years, for having strong defensive performances. So for having as good of a game they did against the best scoring offense in the NFL this year is pretty impressive in their first game without their best player. Tennessee seems to always kick into another gear when they're playing uh, a favorite, like a huge, you know, either Super Bowl favorite, uh, Brandon and I have been victims of that before. Uh, they did that to the Ravens when they were um, in the first round of the playoffs. Um, yeah, ten- but like on a real note, like they beat the Bills this year too. Like they, they have that identity of being the guys that want to, the, the, da- the David that wants to slay the Goliath, and they do it a lot. Like they are winning these games. Um, I, we're going to get into our kind of like uh, and our AFC and NFC playoff predictions later in the um, in the show, but I mean, we can all agree, the Titans are one of the best teams in the AFC, which is does not have a strong favorite right now, and yeah. they have potential to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they lose to the Jets mm-hmm. a month and a half ago, and you're thinking, there's no way this team can compete with the Bills, the Rams, any of these other teams, but yet here they are, seven and two, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Yeah, crazy, and um, with sole possession of the one seed in the AFC right now. Over the Baltimore Ravens, which, you know, I mean, some would argue the Ravens are better, but it's fine. Uh, I mean, that's all we have on that game. Um, it, it, you're, I don't think this is going to be the Rams we see in the playoffs. It was still kind of an off night for them. Um, but Jalen Ramsey, he's really good, too. Like, we have to give some time. We haven't seen Von Miller either. Um, I, think, I think the Rams will be better, and I think they probably win this matchup, like, four out of five times. But yeah, uh, we, saw, we saw a great performance out of the Titans, and credit to them. Any other comments on this game, guys? Um, the only thing I'd say is, like, looking at this box score, Tannehill had 143 yards, and no no player had more than 50 for the Titans, which is just kind of – I mean, we're used to seeing them, like, dominate teams with Derrick Henry putting up 200 yards. Like, for me, it's incredible the fact they were able to win this game, and, like, no player receiving or rushing had more than 50 yards in total. So it really was a team effort all around. If they do end up making the playoffs, or well, which they will, but if they do end up making a run in the playoffs, it's going to be so much on AJ Brown and Julio Jones to make like incredible performances. And AJ Brown can do that. Julio obviously can do that. Um, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill actually can like make that many throws, but it's going to be on those two guys because the you're right, Duncan. Like the 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 they don't have a guy like Derek Henry. I don't know. Is he supposed to come back though? I think the timeline for that surgery that he had can allow for a return to the playoffs, and especially if they do wind up getting the one seed, that, that would, be, would crazy. be crucial. And they, they still haven't had their bye in the regular season yet. So they can get healthy if they get those two buys. Henry comes back, they host a divisional round playoff game. 
even not like Adrian Peterson looked okay. relatively solid. Yeah. He had ten carries, um, had the touchdown, but it did more of, look more of a running back by committee, um, mm-hmm. on Sunday night. So we'll see. But if Henry comes back in the playoffs, man, that team is lethal. Yeah, if if you add, um, I, I mean, arguably the best player to a one seed in in the playoffs, like that's that's insane. Uh, let's move to the next game. Ravens-Vikings, 34-31. I was actually in attendance of this game. Brandon, you can start. I watched this whole game, and boy, was it something. I mean, after the pick six, the, sorry, not the pick six, the kick return for a touchdown to start off the uh, second half to make it, uh, it was then a it was 20. 24-10 game. I thought, okay, this game's over. But then the Ravens scored touchdowns on, I want to say, each of their next three drives. Got back in it, and the Vikings lose yet another one possession game. Crazy. They, they were three and five. Yeah, three and five. Probably the best three and five team I've ever seen. They could easily be probably six and two. Yeah. I mean, it's just brutal for them. I don't. I mean, it's just I don't see how they continuously lose these close games. They're just not a finishing team. They don't have that capability. They're similar to the Chargers of a few years ago, if you remember. They couldn't finish yeah. any games, and now that's what the Vikings is now. And I think a decent amount of that falls on Mike Zimmer. I think that he may possibly should be fired. I mean, he hasn't really done a whole lot as coach. He's brought them to the playoffs, but hasn't done anything besides that. And I think now you're starting to see he can't really lead them successfully in my opinion i think it's one of those things where it's just like when so much time has passed and nothing's changing eventually it's like not even the fault of zimmer who like could even be a good coach but when you like eventually you need a culture change especially when you have such such talent like justin jefferson um all i'll say about this um i'm happy the ravens won i think lamar is playing at such a high level right now bounced back in the second half um, the Ravens' defense has a huge big play problem. They allow so many big plays. There was the Dalvin Cook run. There was a Justin Jefferson touchdown at the beginning of this game, and then especially that um, third down catch to I don't even I don't even know C J Ham. Yeah, C J Ham who's like the fullback, yeah, seven yard. Yeah, to the fullback. When I saw that happen, I was like, I that's typical. You expect that with this team now. I I don't know the stats specifically, but I know they allow like by far the most big plays, like plays of thirty yards or more. Um, it's, it's kind of insane. It's, it's definitely an issue because honestly, they're pretty consistent when, um, plays stay within, um, the, the sticks, like the, the Ravens are good at that. They, they have a lot of great players, but they allow too many big plays and that, that might be an issue down the stretch, but, uh, I was super impressed with Bateman. Bateman played really well. And then I was so impressed with Hollywood. Hollywood turned into a true number one. Yeah, for real. The second half, he just put the team on his back. He bought out in the second half and then. No no one's talking about Mark Andrews. I mean, he's still the consistent threat that's going to get open on that third and medium play. I mean, he had 44 receiving yards. And then Patrick Ricard oh my coming God, I love that clutch man. in the second half. He had three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. And, I mean, the whole team, it seemed to rally around him and get they their energy him, back on that huge third quarter drive. Yeah, Ricard is awesome. I think he needs to get – I mean – if you have Patrick Ricard with a one-on-one in open space, like I think he like he's 
close to Derrick Henry in the fact that, like, it's going to be hard to tackle that dude. He yeah. is, like, 300 pounds of pure Especially muscle. Especially if you got a cornerback yeah, on exactly. him, they're going to mismatch. DBs are, there aren't that many DBs in this league that could do that. A couple, a couple quick notes I will add. First off, on Baltimore's side, I think Lamar Jackson, even though he had the two interceptions, great fourth quarter, um, like, awareness once again. Like, just, like, buckled in and was like, all right, guys, here we go. We're going to go tie this game over time, even though he had the um, little, bl- like, little blunder interception. Like Which, that wasn't, through. like, fully his fault. Yeah. That was a really great I think play that was by just, it. Yeah, Anthony Barr just, like, made a good play on yeah. the ball. Um, but then after that, came back, got the team a field goal range. Here we go, guys. We're going to win the game, set it up for Tucker. I thought that was great, like, just um, tenacity by Lamar. Yeah. Minnesota, I just don't think they're putting the – ball in their playmakers hands enough like Jefferson three catches um and for 69 yards and 50 of those came on the one broken play by Baltimore's defense Adam Thielen two catches for six yards had him on my fantasy team I'm not going to root for a guy to score on my own team but like I mean give him like a few receptions exactly I mean Kirk Cousins had as many completions as Dalvin Cook had rushing attempts which I mean you could put that on Baltimore's defense as well you could say that and maybe Minnesota needs to throw the ball a little bit more, but I just think they're not utilizing the receiving weapons that they have, and they still put up 31 points. Yeah. Imagine if they got the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands eight times a game or Adam Thielen's hands four. You just never know. So I think Minnesota's very close, but I agree with Brandon. Unless Zimmer goes, I don't see anything changing. And I think there's a a lot of potential with so many offensive geniuses now, like – that are coming up now. I, I think if you get the right guy in Minnesota, they have a lot. But they also need a new QB. I just don't think Kirk yeah. Cousins is as a As a football team fan, Kirk Cousins, as he, I saw for many years, he's a good quarterback. The definition until he, of average. Until you need him the most, and then he just turns just into a guy that you can't trust. Uh, and finally, quickly, Lamar out through Kirk Cousins and outran Alvin Cook. I, that was a stat everyone saw, but just insane. He's so crazy good. And then one last thing. I thought... The Ravens running backs, Freeman and Battle, they played yeah, play, fantastic. Play well. I mean, each of them ran for an average of over four yards per carry. I think they're finally getting used to the system. It's not an easy system to run. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so many moving parts, and I think now they're ready, and this is giving Latavius Murray time to, exactly. ha- to heal from his injury. And so when he comes back, I think it'll be a really good uh, running group, similar to how it has been in the past years. Uh, Freeman, I've been especially yes. impressed with Freeman. He's cutting well. Um, also, Ravens' offensive line is pretty bad, and the defensive line did not get to. They, did they sack Kirk Cousins once? I don't. I actually don't know if. Yo, he didn't get sacked, so that that was pretty bad. And I don't know where jo- Jason Owe is either. He's he's been he's Odafe Owe. Sorry, he's been gone too. Uh, all right, let's move to the next game: Broncos Cowboys. Nathan Schwartz's. Uh, lock of the week, which, I mean, we can't really make fun of him because we all picked the Bills over the Jaguars. 30-16, um, to 16, what happened here? Basically, you know, it was really just pounding the ball for Denver. I mean, you look at the stats. Javante Williams finally has his breakout game. 17 carries, 111 yards. That's averaging 6.5 yards per carry for a rookie. He, teams have had tackling issues with him all year long. And it just reached a peak this weekend in Dallas. And then Melvin Gordon adding um, four yards per carry, 80 yards on the ground. And then I think it was just similar to what a problem the Ravens have been having, tackling. Um, Tim Patrick burns um, Trayvon Diggs on a 
deep ball. Um, Kendall Hinton, the guy who played quarterback last year for a game, gets a 40-yard reception. I mean, it was basically just Dallas's defense performing the way they did last year. And once you come, once you have a 30 to nothing deficit, those two garbage time touchdowns really don't tell the story of how badly Dallas played in this game. I mean, Dak Prescott did not look like himself on Sunday. Just they were not able to get the ball into the hands of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. They combined for 60 yards receiving on four catches. So just an overall domination by Denver's rushing attack and their secondary. And I don't know why, but the Cowboys just did not want to run the football to start mm-hmm. the game. I mean, once you, you're down 16 nothing and then 30 nothing. I mean, okay, then obviously you can't run the ball. But when Zeke only has 10 carries, that's a problem. They threw the ball 39 times. I mean, that compared to Zeke's 10 carries, that's not going to win you football games. This year, they've done a good job of feeding Zeke with 15, 20 carries a game. And that's won them the games. And now you feed him 10 times, you don't. I mean, it's really not a hard thing to understand. See, I think... Um... I'm a big supporter of the running backs don't matter movement. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> running the football does not. As as a Seattle Seahawks fan who's seen Pete Carroll try to do to run the football to win games attempts, um, it doesn't really Not work. in the Super Bowl, though. He didn't. Exactly. That's the one time he should have, he didn't. But I want to think they said more about the Broncos, honestly. You know, they start out 3-0, and lose four tough games in a row. This is now their second win in a row. Um, they've rebounded a little bit, uh, for sure. I don't. I think this is probably Teddy Bridgewater's best game of the year I would have to go back and look at it but I feel like he played yeah absolutely really well his best for game what they the expect for him and um I just think this is an off game for the Cowboys in general it's really funny when you right after a game happens people are just like this is not who the Cowboys are and this is not who the Broncos are but you have to be impressed with the fact that Denver goes into Dallas and they just beat him like they yeah. just and it's Dak and he comes back and everyone's expecting him to play great he doesn't um, maybe you should have put Cooper Rush in. I mean, obviously not. That's not the guy. But <laughs> of course, it was, yeah. it's 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 really interesting to see that, especially with how how everyone thought like, oh, maybe this is the year because Dallas usually doesn't put it all together, and then it looked like they did, and then the defense still ends up being a huge yeah. liability. And that, honestly, for me personally, this is what I thought Denver's offense was going to look like the whole year. There's so many weapons on that offense. I mean, of course, the Judy injury hurt you. Yeah. Um, Cortland Sutton, who was hurt last year, that hurt them last year, and now they finally are getting all their pieces healthy again. Um, there was um, no Noah Fant or the other day, and he really hasn't done a huge, or carved out a huge role this year. Um, but if Denver can get a, like a solidified, good quarterback play week in and week out, the way they got from Bridgewater the other day, they shouldn't have any problems competing in that AFC West division that is just a toss-up at this point in the year. Javante Williams is sick, too. Like, he's just so awesome. And when he was coming out of the draft, it was like, I mean, Najee was the number one guy, but Javante Williams was the guy's like, look out for him, especially in fantasy, because rookie rookie running backs always do well in fantasy if you pick the right right ones. Do we have anything else for this one? Uh, all right, next game, uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, this is kind of a weird order we're doing it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Steelers. Beating the Bears 29-27, to um, maybe Justin Fields' coming out game, he doesn't win it, but probably the best he's played so far. Um, uh, and this on this had Twitter going crazy, because the, yeah. oh my god, the referees, the, some of the calls that were made were, were crazy, especially the 
taunting one um, with the video of uh, Tony Crenti like leaning yeah, into the, the hip check. The hip check uh, from um, I don't remember the um, defender's name. I can probably find it. I I think I rec- I'll find it in a sec. Um, uh, who ran into him and then before anything even happened gets called for taunting. Um, Steelers had a lot of uh, calls go their way, um, but they end up winning this game. Uh, what'd you guys see? You know, Najee Harris is such a versatile back, you know, and he has been able to do it all for Pittsburgh so far this year. But really, that offensive line is just not opening up enough for him. 22 carries, 62 yards. I know for a fact that's not all on Najee Harris. For a running back of his caliber, knowing like how good of downfield vision he has, for him only to average 2.8 yards per carry... Just something doesn't add up there. And this Pittsburgh offense has been not living up to the expectations that we thought they might be this year with a, like a good, healthy running back that can just stay healthy the whole year. Um, but, yeah, I think even though Pittsburgh came out with the win, they still have a lot to work on. I mean, they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter. They were losing that game with a minute left to go, so... And then the Bears' defense kind of falls apart there. Um, I think Justin Fields deserves a lot of credit, though. He looked really comfortable. In, against. It's very strange because, like, he hasn't looked the best in games before, and then he goes into Heinz Field against, like, a great defense in Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football, and that's when he decides to play well. It was really weird. Um, the throw to Allen Robinson I was super impressed with. Like, not a lot of rookie quarterbacks on third and two when the game's on the line is going to throw that, like, fade out to yeah. Allen Robinson. Like, that's a tough throw to make. Um, and just kind of like a ballsy throw to, to kind of choose, and he did it. And then, uh, and then the same one to Mooney for the for the yeah. touchdown to take the lead. Also, just a great play. Like he played really well. Um, and and he has that running threat. Like he is. I think he's better than J- um, Jalen Hurts. Like as a r- running uh, quarterback, I think he's got more arm talent. Like he's just like a better Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is doing well too right now in this league. I think Justin Fields has a lot of potential. Yeah, Fields has had a lot of touchdown passes this year where you're like, how did he even put that ball in that window? And he just like, he's been a baller at some times this year. Even when he's getting, like talk about a bad offensive line, like as oh, bad yeah. as Pittsburgh's is, like Chicago's might be even worse. And right. you've seen it with like the bad roughing the passer, no call in that game yesterday. Fields got lit up from behind and then... Of course, no call. These NFL refs have got to get a hold on that penalty. But yeah. I think we'll see that reworked kind of in the same way that the um, pass interference stuff, reviewing that, how everybody knew that was like a bad idea to begin with. Pass interference is still kind of like... Pass interference and roughing the passer are two like those... The NFL is still... I, I We're not there yet with penalties in terms of like... There's no real sure way of like defining it and i think it's still kind of tough and, and the, i think it's the still... problem is you can't necessarily review them because i think we saw it last year it just takes too long yeah. and it draws interest away from the viewer but there's so many plays in a game where that can be called and roughing the passer can be called that we can't just be throwing out like challenge flags all the time or like reviewing every penalty so we have to but then you also don't around. want like a game decided by a wrong call. And exactly. Like, you have to teeter that line and stuff. We have we need to find a medium ground, but there really is no like ability to find one at the moment. So for now, we just got to roll with what we got. But yeah, good good win for Pittsburgh. They moved to five and three. Chicago, even though they're three and six, they're not out of it. Like Minnesota's no. three and five. 
um, in that division. Of course, they're not going to keep up with Green Bay, but the six and seven seed in the NFC, as we'll as we'll show later, are wide open. It is anybody's like spot for the taking. So Chicago, they're close, but they got some tough teams to play though. They they've got to play um, Baltimore, Arizona, and Green Bay. Um, in four over the span of four weeks, they got Detroit in there, so at least one win. But um, yeah. then you also got Seattle, so that's going to be really tough. But you know, you never know. Yeah, and going back to that Steelers offense, I think the second round pick out of Penn State, Pat Fry Fryermuth. Yeah, yeah, is that how you say it? Yeah, he's been really nice since Juju Smith-Schuster went down. The past three games, he's had six targets or more in each. He's had a touchdown in each of the past two games. He's had 40 yards or more in each of the past three games. So I just added him to one of my Yeah, he's teams. really stepped up as a big piece for Ben Roethlisberger. And it seems like they have a good rapport, especially down in the red zone. And I think that's going to be a key player for them down the, down the stretch. Yeah, he's good, uh, especially with Eric Ebron just being, like, a complete bum. Like, that dude he's is just not good at all. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, yeah. So we're going to move to Cardinals 49ers. Uh, so 49ers lose in kind of embarrassing fashion to a Cardinals team led by Colt McCoy. They didn't have uh, Kyler Murray. They did not have DeAndre Hopkins. They did not have A.J. Green. Chase Edmonds left after about five or so plays or whatever it was. Yeah, and then James Conner just runs all over them. Colt McCoy looks solid. Like yeah. uh, Christian Kirk stepped up. Uh, Rondell Moore did pretty well, too. It was, it was, in, it was like so embarrassing, so insane. I think Cliff... Uh, not Cliff Kingsbury. I think Kyle Shanahan. I think it's it's it's. This was really surprising to me that he didn't he didn't go out and just win this game. It was crazy to me. Arizona had such a good game plan. They just gave used all the space that was given to them. Uh, just took the checkdowns every time. Um, I think the one thing I did see that actually impressed me in terms of San Francisco though. It, this was kind of Brandon Ayuk's best game of the season. He played actually pretty well. Yeah, uh, actually nice to see him get a touchdown, get yeah. involved a little bit more than just like two catches. Yeah. Um, it was just a weird one. This was one I was not expecting, I, especially in this fashion. I thought maybe maybe the Cardinals put up you know a fight. I didn't expect them to win this easily. I think it proves how solid of a roster they have, and I think a win like this is really good for uh, a locker room that's trying to win a Super Bowl. Like, that 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 you have to come like that's a sure thing because when your team goes out there and shows that they have like grit, then you put back your best players like. Got a lot of potential to win yeah. a lot of games this season. Yeah, proves that Kingsbury had that team ready to go. Yeah. He's got everybody in that locker room, all 53 guys, ready to go at any given moment. James Conner, literally nobody, after like last year in Pittsburgh, nobody thought that he would get a starting job this in the league this year, and he didn't necessarily earn the starting job in Arizona. He's getting goal line carries every now and then, but he was pretty much written off after a mediocre tenure in Pittsburgh, and... He is just, he lit it up the other day. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, three touchdowns, and you could see on that screen pass he had in the third quarter, he just... He's got burst. He turned on the Jets, and a lot of people thought, including myself, that he just lost it. Like, that part of his game no longer applied. But 21 carries, 96 I think yards. He, I think he leads the league in um, rushing touchdowns I right think now. that makes sense because he, that is, yeah. Yeah, he always 10. gets like seven carries for like 20 yards, but then he'll get that two-touchdown game. And yeah. But yeah, Colt McCoy, I said last show, I didn't think he would be up for the challenge, but he was 22 of 26, 
passing wise, averaged ten yards per attempt. So he played really well, and he played with um a lot of confidence. Didn't I? I think sometimes uh backup quarterbacks when they're put in that spot, they just want the easy throw. Cole McCoy was willing to throw downfield. Um, he had a really nice throw. I don't remember if it was. I'm assuming it was to Kirk, just because that was like the guy. He, Kirk was playing really well that day. Um, he just really had a good downfield throw. Uh, played really well. Um, the Cardinals are for real. They continue to be the one seed in the NFC right now. Uh, and I think they, I mean, we'll see. But this division is going to be really interesting between the Rams and the Cardinals. It's yeah. going to come down to the wire. Especially with the Cardinals already having the tiebreaker as of right now mm-hmm. with that win in Los Angeles. And then later in the year, they host the Rams. And what will be kind of like whoever wins that game will win the division. So, yeah. Yeah, not much more to say to this game other than Arizona's got a deep roster. Some guys stepped up big, and Ari- er- and then San Francisco-wise, they are just struggling. And it begs the question, is is it Kyle Shanahan's time to go Like at this point? like Yeah, so I was going to have a note. So I know everybody remembers he went 6-10 and 10 his first season, 4-12 and 12 his second season. Obviously, they went 13-3 and three and made it to the Super Bowl. But he won six games last year. Obviously, injuries played a big part in that. But I... I think he's very overrated people are kind of oh throwing him up there with McVay after that um 28 or 2019 season saying he was like the future of the NFL everybody's looking to find the next gym off of his staff like I just don't think he's really all that good they kind of got I don't want to say lucky because everything's earned any given Sunday but they, he's had one good season and he's on his way to his fourth bad season in five years now so I just think that I think it might be time for him to leave. I've always been impressed with him because he's, I mean, the, when when the 49ers won game with, games with Nick Mullins, I was like, yeah, it's it's Kyle Shanahan's pretty good. And then they go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, which really surprised me. He still doesn't, like, have a good quarterback. He hasn't had one since he had Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Uh, I think I think you've got to give him a chance with Trey Lance. Like, you have to see how he does with Lance next year. But if it falls apart... With Lance, if they have a losing season, if they don't win the if they don't win the playoffs, uh, or if they don't get to the playoffs, uh, I, I I think I think yeah I agree I think it's time to go. Uh, let's move to Chargers Eagles. Uh, Chargers beat the Eagles twenty seven to twenty four in what was a game I expected to be would ended up being much closer. Um, Herbert played well. Hertz played really well. Um, it was a uh, it was a great game. You guys have comments on this one? Yeah, I picked the over to hit on this one, and it barely hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the line moved from 50 to 49 and a half right before the game, and then Dustin Hopkins hits the game winner. That must have been kind of brutal. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a sting. Like, I mean, I'm glad he, he did it against Philadelphia. Uh, but, yeah, of course, like, we cut him, and then he goes to Los Angeles and hits a game winner no problem when in week two he – Missed the game winner, and if it wasn't for Dexter Lawrence's offsides penalty, Washington would be sitting at one and seven right now instead of two and six. So, but yeah, I think I said that this was going to be a bounce back game for the Chargers offensively, and it definitely was for Justin Herbert. He looked like the guy we saw last year, threw up through for three hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns. Um, Austin Eckler, you know, not having as great of a season as we thought he might be having other than that Cleveland game and then like he was kind of banged up a little bit uh I think they need to get him more involved but then on the Philadelphia side of things Jordan Howard like 
coming out of nowhere the past couple weeks. Like, I thought he was out of the league for good, and then here he comes storming back with the Eagles. They kept it close. I thought it was going to be more Chargers-heavy on the scoring end of things. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, Philadelphia is not too far away from being, like, competitive. I think Hurts is holding them back a little bit. Um, but I don't think there's any reason that they should think about drafting a quarterback either just because of the, like, landscape of the quarterback class in this upcoming draft. Um, we can do a deep dive into that yeah. in the future later in the year. But I think Hurts is going to be the guy for the next – for the rest of this year and next year. So it's just a matter of just kind of like feeling it out with Sirianni and see if they can work things out. But yes, good overall win for Los Angeles. Yeah, I think LA is definitely not the team that was advertised at the beginning of the year. I think they, they definitely have some issues on defense. Uh, they probably need to blow out the Eagles here, and they didn't do that. So um, I, I guess we'll see with them. And then quickly, final game, Browns beat the Bengals 41-16. to Brandon are uh, two of our division rivals. Uh, this was great to see from Joe Burrow gets his ankles broken. I literally saw it on the um, big screen in the stadium. Everyone was cheering when that happened. It was really funny. Uh, what do you think of this game, though? Who is for real and who isn't? I think neither team is as good or bad as they showed. I think it's more in the middle, but I do think the Browns would somehow – Without OBJ, have a much better offense. And I said this coming make in. Sense. Baker Mayfield, he's an above-average quarterback without OBJ. He just will throw it to anyone. Donovan Peoples-Jones, it seems like, always has a long catch in a game without Odell Beckham Jr. And so now there is, he, he doesn't feel that he's to throw it as much and strictly to OBJ. It spreads out the offense. And the running game is just pounding and pounding. Although now... Nick Chubb and the the Anthony Felton, I believe, but Felton, yeah, yeah, this yeah. morning it's announced they have entered the COVID nineteen protocol. So that is Nick Chubb. Yeah. The, oh my. Yeah. So, so that is something yeah. to keep an eye on. Although my fantasy team a couple, is so A few screwed. weeks ago, Dearness Johnson did put over a hundred yards. I mean that yeah. offensive line is the best in the league. It seems like whatever back you put out there, it they will produce. And if Baker can just play. Above average football, don't make any mistakes. I think this is a dangerous team. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it, it's really weird to see this. Uh, Bengals kind of won their Super Bowl two weeks ago when they beat us, and now they're, I mean, you see this a lot with young teams. Jamar Chase kind of just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, obviously still playing at a really high yeah. level, and, I mean, Joe Burrow is still good, but he didn't play well this He, he didn't that play well. That was brutal. Yeah. That, you have a chance to go up 7 nothing on your in-state rival, and instead it's a complete turn of events. You throw a 100-yard pick six, and then I just think their whole their confidence was shot, and yeah. I, I think the game was over at that very moment. So, um, actually, Jamar Chase was targeted 13 times, and he only had six receptions. And he fumbled. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that does it for our game recaps. Okay, so we're moving into our... Mid-season playoff predictions, uh, courtesy of Brandon's idea. Thank you for this. Uh, our first real segment, so that's cool. Uh, all right, so we're going to do our projected seven teams for each conference. So we'll do, uh, Duncan, you go first with your AFC teams. Yeah, so obviously i got to keep the love going. I have the Titans finishing as the one seed. I think the Bills are going to come in second. I have the Ravens as the three seed. Uh, I actually have the Chiefs mm. still finding a way to win the division. 
And five through seven was pretty hard for me. As it stands, I have the Chargers, Browns, and Patriots, but it would not surprise me at all if all three of those teams miss out on the playoffs altogether. Nate? Yeah, moving right along, I actually have the same exact seven teams that Duncan has. You know, one through <laughs> one through four, I actually have identical as well. Tennessee proved a lot to me, like, the other night that they are legit without Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, and then Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, rounding out two, three, and four. Only change I have different is I, I have Browns and Patriots flipped to where the New England would be the six, Cleveland would be the seven, keeping the Chargers at five. I think I think those three teams have easy enough schedules or yes. easier schedules than the other teams in the hunt. Like Cincinnati's schedule is like hit or miss, and I think Cleveland proved that they can blow Cincinnati out. So, yeah, same seven teams as Duncan. I also have the same seven teams, Jeez. again, in a different order. I've got Titans, Bills, Ravens, one through three. The only reason I put the Bills above the Ravens is because their schedule is just very is just very easier than the Ravens. And so I have the Chargers four, and then five through seven. Browns, Chiefs, Patriots, I think that could really go in any order. I just don't see any scenario where the Chiefs and Browns don't make it. And then I just think Bill Belichick is the best head coach, obviously, remaining out of those other teams. And I have the most confidence in them. So they sneak in at the seventh spot. I'm a, I am have one team, a one-team difference. Uh, I've got Titans at one, just like you guys. Ravens, Bills, Chargers rounding out my top four. Uh, then I've got the Browns at five, Patriots at six, and then the Cincinnati Bengals at seven. Once the AFC North uh, division leader um, now at the seventh spot instead of the Chiefs. So looking back on that, um, I think the big thing is that, I mean, all three of you guys think the Chiefs make the playoffs, even though I think it, we can all agree they, they haven't been playing the best right now. What's, yeah, the, sure. what's the, what's the thing, thought behind that? I just think they've been there before, and when you have the best player, arguably, in the game, and one of the best head coaches. Travis Kelsey, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you mean Daniel Sorensen? <laughs> and when you have one of the best head coaches in the game, I just obviously have more faith in Mahomes and Andy Reid than I do in Burrow and Zach Taylor. It's just as simple as that to me. Yeah, I think for the Chiefs, so much of their schedule so far has been just kind of like they're, they've played the tough teams. They've had to get the tough teams out of the way. They play five of their six division games here on the back half. You got the Raiders twice, Denver twice, and the Chargers on the road. So I think if they're able to win even three of those games, like right now that division is just all over the place. But like Brandon said, they've been there before. Andy Reid knows what he's doing. That team is not that much different than it is last year. I think they're just – the league has like caught up to them a little bit. But, yeah, I just think they're going to sneak in for some reason. Like, I don't trust Denver and Vegas in the long run. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, the Chargers just have some weaknesses that they aren't able to build off of. And, like, just looking at looking at it matchup-wise, I think, like, Brandon's is the most intriguing, like, the way he has it set right now. You would have Browns at Chargers in a rematch of the game a few weeks ago. That was a great game. You would have Kansas City at Baltimore – which I really don't in, want. That, I don't that's the one that I do not in, want to no. see. In the wild card, so one of those teams is already out going into the divisional. That team, those teams have like history, like in the regular season. 
um, not so much in the playoffs. But that, like, I think we want to see a Lamar versus everyone but Ravens game. fans want to yeah, see that rematch. Yeah. And then like Patriots Bills, like a another divisional game in the wild card. Like I think that would be the cool, the coolest matchups out of like the all four that we've put out. I uh, I'm I think it, the truth is part of me really just like I I think you can agree, Brandon. Even after we beat the Chiefs this season, like I am so afraid of them. They've no, had our number for so I long. I can't they, not be afraid of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is that simple. Literally been the reason why I've like had nightmares before. Um, he's <laughs> he's ruined a lot of seasons. Uh, the no look pass against us a few years that was a while ago, but that was still that so brutal. I think yeah. I think the defense is still a liability. If I'm being real, though, I think it's it's really tough to win a lot of games down the stretch if your defense is just going to continuously allow so many points. I think it's been weird. Mahomes just hasn't really been himself. Um, Tyreek Hill um, also just kind of hasn't performed like super well. So I I just think they're not playing at such a high level. Whereas I think the Bengals are really just going to push hard right now. I think they're probably going to come back. I think Jamar Chase is still a great player, and I think they make a run. But yeah, those matchups are going to be interesting. I think the AFC is going to be really fun to watch. Uh, even if the talent isn't as good, like even if the teams aren't as good, the games are going to be pretty good. I think the games are all going to be really fun to watch. <coughs> um, now let's do the NFC. Duncan. So I have Cardinals as the one seed, Packers as the two seed, Buccaneers in third, and the Cowboys in fourth. Uh Rams gonna be the five seed, obviously. Uh, this is a bit of a homer pick. I have the Seahawks at six and the Vikings oh at God. seven. No, that's a horrible pick. I actually like so honestly, bad. if Russell Wilson comes back healthy, and that team just like figures it out defensively, even a little bit. It's a big if. That it is a big that, if. The, like I mentioned it earlier, that last two spots in the NFC are so wide open. Literally anybody. Is in it like I would even say Washington still has a shot at making the playoffs, and they're two and six with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. Like, Why did you say that was kind of a homer pick though? That was like a hundred percent a homer pick. Because yeah. I mean, we we're hearing Nate making the case now. It's look at this cluster of teams. We can talk about it more in a minute, but there's a lot of bad teams sitting. Yeah, but you've had this like the same talent for like like the past like three years, and you've seen Pete Carroll in the second half. He does not know how to run. The offense, so I just don't have any faith in him whatsoever. I and think it's more likely that Pete Carroll gets fired yeah. this year than they make the playoffs. I'm gonna be honest. And it'd be different if both? they like were <laughs> when they're starting out. What right now, three games under five hundred. You expect two games. Two games. Yeah. Sorry, you. I still think that's too much ground for them to make up. We are, especially in the NFC West. We are yeah. one game back of the playoffs. Yeah, I think the division's lost for Seattle. I think that's not like is too that hard to spot. Technically, yes. <laughs> we need There's the Cardinals to lose out as to win. They're, they're like, what, four or five games out of first place at the moment? Well, it's it's like four and a half. Well, the yeah. first the first matchup Russell Wilson's going to have is the Packers, which if Aaron Rodgers plays, I don't know if they even win that game. And then they fall three games under 500. But we still have the Washington football team, Houston, uh, the Bears, and the Lions. I'd pick the Bears over you from being Oh, uh, actually, that those are Lions, though. Lions, That's Texans are for sure winnable wins. games for Seattle. And San Francisco still won. Okay, fine. I, I will respect that pick because, but it, it's still a home run. Right, yeah, move, so moving into my NFC predictions, I've got the Rams coming out of the West, okay. getting the one seed. Uh, then Packers at two, Buccaneers at three, Cowboys at four. I think. 
Packers, Bucks, Cowboys are the consensus division yeah. winners across the board for those other three divisions. In and the, also the consensus not number one seed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I think Cowboys losing to Tampa Bay week one kind of hurts them a little bit seeding-wise, yeah. but I think their offense like has proven that they can keep up with mostly anybody other than Denver. NFC East also so bad, so yeah. they'll win that one. So they'll win the division, no problem. Wild card teams. Uh, whoever doesn't come out of the West is going to get the five seed. In this case, it's Arizona. And I've already mentioned it a couple times. These other two spots are just so wide open. But Brandon's case earlier kind of like brought Minnesota more to my attention. And so I think if Minnesota can literally just figure out how to close a game. Like they almost beat Minnesota earlier this year. They almost beat Baltimore. Like they're so close yet they're so far. Uh, but yeah, I think if they can just pull it together a little bit, even get they just get to eight. I think eight wins might be enough to get them a six seed in the NFC this year. Yeah, like, the seven seed might have a losing record this year. I think which... this, I think there might be two NFC playoff teams with losing <coughs> records, and that also like comes with the extra game, like That's more crazy. teams beat up on each other, and then at the seventh spot. Very, like, unlikely that this happens but unless, like, some team just really takes charge. But I like the way Atlanta's been playing recently. Like, they're what Minnesota hasn't been able to do, they have been doing, and that is finishing games other than the Washington game, ironically, um, which I enjoy. But I think Atlanta has the pieces, especially, like, of course, like, Calvin Ridley take as much time as you need to get right. But yeah. if, if he is able to come back this year... Um, I, I hope he is. He's great to watch, but of course, like his mental health comes first. If he comes back, that offense just takes a whole nother, um, just level. And so I think Atlanta would face Green Bay. So y'all are not going to give him any crap for Atlanta, but I'm getting crap for Russell Wilson. Uh, well, Atlanta has a, is Atlanta's five. They're in the playoff picture right now. Atlanta's four and four. They're one game ahead of us. And yeah, I think, uh. Yeah, just they have the kicker that can they they can put him in position to win games. So that's why I put Atlanta in there. Obviously, like it's not like one hundred percent certain. Like literally anybody can get that seven seed, but yeah. I think Atlanta's in the best position right now. Brandon, yeah, um, I have the Rams at number one. I think whoever comes out of the West is gonna have the one seed. I think we all agree with that. And then I have the Bucks two, Packers three. That. It's kind of like a flip-flop. I just have more faith in Tom Brady than I do with in Aaron Rodgers, especially because I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I think that may cost him a game or two. Then I have the Cowboys for just because there's no chance any other team in that division is winning the division. And then 5-7, obviously the Cardinals 5. And then Vikings 6 just because they've been in every game this season. And in the conference, they're three and two, so they already ha- have a good start for the conference. And then my last team, and I have the Saints, just because they're right now above five hundred, and their point differential is plus forty six. So they've really played well so far. And even if they have to rely on Trevor Simeon, I have faith in Sean Payne that he can get it done. All right, and then my NFC is gonna be. I have the Cardinals winning. Uh, the a- NFC West, so they're the one seed. Packers is the two seed just because they have so many wins right now. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and they're going to be a really good team. 
Buccaneers three. There's still a few question marks. That Saints loss is still pretty bad. Uh, and then the Cowboys four. Uh, I've got the Rams at five. That's a no-brainer. Then I've actually got the Saints at six. That's where they're, they are projected right now. And um, I think that I think that Buccaneers win. I, I, I know Trevor Simeon isn't the guy, and I have no expectations for them in the playoffs. But, I mean, th- this team is pretty good. There's still a lot of talent. And then at seven... I have the Giants, and I have no idea. I, I truly have no idea who's gonna take the seventh spot, but now it's kind I'm of really weird. confused. Is why you're giving me crap for Seattle <laughs> pick. Yeah, I don't think the Giants have. Well, I, I think every team has a shot, but I just think the Giants are not a team that is very high on that spectrum. And then finally, we got our mid-season awards. Uh, also, Brandon's idea. You're, you're a genius. Uh, I know. With tons of segment ideas today. All right. So uh, we're just going to do the basic ones. Like, we're not going to do like comeback player of the year because I think we can all agree it's probably going to be dead. Yeah, yeah. I don't see how it's not. Uh, and then uh, there's like some other ones. like yeah. um, Unless you, uh, Duncan, do you have a pick for your Walter Payton man of the year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, maybe... Let's do... Um, award by award? Yeah, we'll yeah. do award by award. Um, so we'll start... Who is our pick for Offensive Player of the Year? I kind of like this because there's a little more... Um, uh, there's differences in picks. Uh, Nate, you go first. Yeah, so I've got Kyler Murray as my Offensive Player of the Year. I think he's just like shown like just his rushing ability and throwing ability like merged together that like him and Lamar are just like 1A and 1B at this point in the league. I just think like I like kind of like bring the like value like to his team into it as well and like the stats he's just putting up are like video game like and I just think he's the reason why Arizona is at where they are right now but I wouldn't say he's like the most valuable person to the team and that's why I've got him as um offensive player of the year and not MVP. Yeah, these are not like my personal um like what I would choose. These are just what I think is going to happen and like Usually what happens with these awards is you the best the best quarterback or whatever gets the MVP award and then you kind of give the next bet you give like the next best guy. Sometimes it's like Derrick Henry last year or whatever and I think Kyler's just going to like just make it there and I don't think like I think Lamar will either win MVP or he won't he like he won't get offensive player of the year. Like that's not the award he he'll get. So and I think Kyler gets that cuz he's just been so so explosive and just like Kind of fun to watch this year, so he's my pick too. Um, Duncan, I said uh, Cooper Cup, just because kind of what you talked about. They usually give the MVP to the quarterback and Offensive Player of the Year to whoever the best skill player is. He's obviously we can go on, but he's about to break all type of records, and he's just been really freaking good so far. Mm-hmm. Not sure how much more there is to say about that. Yeah, I also have Cooper Cup just because he there's a good chance he breaks multiple records this year and I mean he's been phenomenal like I know Stafford's been a decent part of that but also Cooper Cup has just been far and away the best wide receiver this year and I think he's having a year that Derrick Henry did last year where it's clear who the best non-quarterback is yeah uh we all spoiler alert we all picked Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year this one's I think also pretty obvious he's just absolutely ridiculous he's he's unstoppable uh, so not really much else to say there other than, I mean, I guess Aaron Donald's always going to be part of the conversation. TJ Watt's been very good this year too, 
Um, and I think those those are those have been like the the, the three and guys. Garrett, Garrett's just getting the sack numbers. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it all of them have been dominant. But Garrett's he's the one getting the sack numbers and probably the most recognition. Although now with Von Miller coming, I think Donald's sack numbers may go up. But I still think even if that does happen, Miles Garrett has just been above and beyond so far this year. Okay, and then uh, Duncan, do you want to give your pick for offensive rookie of the year? My offensive rookie of the year is. Rayshon Slater, you know me, I'm always one to be a little bit different. Um, I well, think, the Titans pick kind of worked out, so I yeah, guess you're... I don't, I don't want to spoil anybody else's, but I think there's a kind of a general consensus for who y'all have. I, for one, would like to see somebody different win it, just because I think it would be interesting to see offensive lineman win it. He's been um, really incredible, and... Um, you don't see rookies doing what he's been able to do so far. He so. He's probably played the best against Miles Garrett all year, which is like... That's saying he something. Sh- he shut down Chase Young week one. Yeah. When I was there, I was like, man, Chase Young hasn't done anything today. And I look, up, I look who he's up against. I'm like, wow, it's Rashawn Slater. And coming into the draft yeah. this year, that was literally his like number one like draft stock was like, yeah, he shut down Chase Young in college. And then week one in the NFL, he does it again. Yeah. So. I guess he has his number. Um, I thought that was actually really funny to see. Because I was like, yeah, that's basically why he got drafted yeah. high. I definitely he- see your point behind that Duncan but like kind of what Jones was saying earlier there's just like no shot in offensive line yeah. and actually wins offensive rookie of the year which is why the rest of us think it's going to be Jamar Chase yeah um, just because he's done like incredible things uh, he's yeah. still kind of on pace for the Randy Moss record last week kind of hurt him uh in the past couple of weeks really he hasn't done too much but it's still been insane to watch he is I haven't seen Marlon Humphrey lose to a wide receiver mm-hmm. like he did when he played the Ravens, like, and that truly impresses me because I, I, I hold Marlon to a very high standard. Um, I think Jamar Chase is going to be very good in this league for a long time. I think it's so laughable how many people actually put stock into like the I can't really catch a football thing. Like he has he has proven yeah. that wrong so easily. Um, he's a beast. He's so fast. He's so quick. He breaks tackles. LSU breeds wide receivers. Him, Jefferson last year. I mean, Beckham. That Jarvis yeah, Landry. They're just a wide receiver you. And I think, I don't see how Chase, unless he has a vast drop in his production in the second half, I don't see how he does not win rookie of the year. I think when people were kind of looking at him, I, it's, I mean, he was the consensus one and everything, but I think there was still like a little bit of doubt. But if you think about it, like Justin Jefferson comes out of the draft is like, phenomenal, best player in the draft. You look at that, and then you look at the fact that when he was in college, even when he was, like, pl- like he gets drafted first, so he's, like, older than older than Chase. And Chase is the number one guy in LSU when Jefferson is there. So it's like, well, you kind of expect that. And he's proven that in the NFL as well. Uh, and then for defensive rookie of the year, um, I'm looking. We, we all have to say. Micah Parsons. Yeah. Again, I mean, he's just, like, done everything for the Cowboys defensively. I think the two defensive awards are looking like a lock so far. But it kind of sucks because, like, I like if I had to choose, I don't think I would pick Micah Parsons. Like, I would probably... Who, who else is there, honestly? Yeah. I don't think Asante there's... Samuel's been really good. Uh, away. Has he, has he been, like, yeah. defensive rookie of the year no. good? No. I just don't think there's any other clear-cut defensive rookie that's had as much production as Micah Parsons has had, and that's why, personally, I picked him. Just because, like, he's put up the numbers and, like, he's just playing free. Like, they took the um, responsibility of, like, co- like giving everybody the play call away. Yeah. Um, they gave that to the um, 
I think they give it to KZ, yeah. the safety. So, I I think the oh, this is my stance on it. I I th- I compare it to like if Patrick Queen had won the uh, defensive rookie of the year when he was there because like Parsons is leading his team in tackles, which they've thrown him in, in a starting role, and like linebackers lead their teams in tackles. So it's like yeah, you throw a rookie in there. Parsons is a top. Well, he's the 11th pick, I think. Um, like, yes, of course, he kind of deserves, like, he he deserves it, but I also feel like it's just because of the situation he's been put in, whereas, like, it's very hard as, like, a defensive back to put up, like, insane numbers when you're a rookie. And I think, like, I'm not saying Asante Samuel deserves it over him. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's, like, a, been a clear-cut great player like Jeremy Chin last year. Where so that's why like a guy like Parsons was just Chase like, Young, yeah. you know, got the award last year. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh, two years ago, and then Chase. But that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like I feel like Parsons hasn't um, been uh, like outstanding. I just I, feel like I he's think just it says had more the, about the rookie class than yeah, it does exactly. about Parsons. Yeah, like, not as great of a class as we thought. No, nah. I think compared to Jamin Davis. Yeah, like you can tell, like man, Parsons is just light years ahead. Now Davis, I'm not gonna. Get into it. We can talk about that another yeah. day. But he hasn't been put in the best position. Not given has not been given the opportunity, and he doesn't really have another person to, in the room that he can like work off of. That's like counterproductive to him. Like he's kind of like gotta just like do it all, and he's not getting the snaps. So I think Parsons is just in yeah, the best he's position. gonna win it. Like yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, and then coach of the year. This is where we have uh, a lot of differences. Uh, I'm going to go with Cliff Kingsbury. I think the Cardinals will have the... I mean, in my projection, I think the Cardinals are going to have the best record, which I think usually kind of wins it for you. And sometimes it's different. Like, uh, I don't remember which year I thought it was... I think Frank... Did Frank Reich ever win it? I think he, like... Eh, it was whatever. I don't know. Uh, but I thought he should have. Sometimes it's kind of, like, based on the team. But I think, especially with that 49ers win, I think it's Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I got Matt LaFleur... Um, doing it. I think it really just goes off of all the dysfunction in the offseason. You know, you had Rodgers pretty much from the jump like saying, yeah, I don't want to be, not necessarily like, not necessarily saying I don't want to be here, but like you just had the like impression of like, yeah, this team might not have might not have Aaron Rodgers. Like it might be Jordan Love. Like this team could be going downhill really quickly. Like is the locker room lost? Like especially after the call to kick the field goal in the NFC Championship last year and not go for it yeah. on fourth down. And so I think it, and then after that week one loss, you're like, holy crap, is this the end of the Packers run at being dominant? Like they just lost by 35 to the New, the New Orleans Saints. Like, and the Saints, it's a, away, a home, like away from home game. So. I think Matt LaFleur, he's just proven, like, especially with the Arizona game, he's got control of that locker room. He's, he's like, performed under the bright lights, and he's got the Packers in a good spot to where they're battling for another NFC Championship appearance. If they get there and if they can win it is another question. I've got Mike Vrabel as my coach of the year. If I had the Cardinals winning the division, I would pick Cliff Kingsbury. But since I have the Rams, I think Sean McVay, he's a great head coach. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But I just think that what Mike Vrabel would do, bringing his team as the one seed versus what Sean McVay would do, I just think Vrabel, especially losing Derrick Henry, it would just be a phenomenal mark. I mean, having, especially the way the defense, it did not look great. It did look great 
obviously against the Rams. I think that Rabel is a very good head coach, and I think if he gets the one seed, I don't see how he doesn't win it. Yeah, I also have Rabel. I kind of agree with everything Brandon said, uh, especially if he can keep this up with Derrick Henry being out for the rest of the year. I feel like it's hard to give it to anybody else at that point. Yeah, he'll definitely, especially, yeah, with Henry out, that's there's that's a great pick, too. And then finally, for MVP, I'm taking Tom Brady. That's the same thing. That's the quarterback I'd have over Kyler, so that's why I'm putting Kyler at Offensive Player of the Year. I, I think uh, Brady's just been the most consistent guy. I think, we've, I, I think it's going to be really tough for Stafford to um, win the award after um, that tough performance against the Titans. Then again, if they do go on to win a bunch of games, I could see that happening, too. Um, I could see Lamar winning it. Um, I can tell you a lot of guys winning it, but for me, it's Brady. He's played the best. He's played the most consistent. Uh, I think he's going to continue to light the league up on fire. He's the number one fantasy quarterback, which I know that doesn't like fully, um, you know, kind of go into things, but you know, he, I just think he's been playing so well offensively that I think that that's, they're going to give it to him. Yeah, I, I think it actually goes to Stafford. Uh, I think he's just proven that like this Rams team, the roster itself isn't much different. Like, I think Cooper Cup alone, if you literally just look at Cooper's Cup, Cooper Cup's production with Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, proves that he's literally the most valuable person yeah. like in the entire league. Like Cooper Cup is not like I'm sorry, Cooper Cup <laughs> is not that good of a receiver to be putting up this type of numbers. Like he's just not like Yeah, that's true. I think Robert Woods is kinda like the same like Leveled as Cooper Cup all around the board, but then you're seeing like the, these guys like blossoming to where like they're just overtaking the league, and the Rams offense is doing this without their starting running back in Cam Akers. So I think just the amount like a week in and week out production that the Rams are getting from Stafford is unmatched, and like this truly shows that like capabilities of Sean McVay's offense and Stafford's been able to display that and that's why I think he gets the award yeah Stafford's definitely made that offense out of a wide receiver core that like shouldn't be lighting the league up on fire but kind of is it's crazy yeah Brandon what about you my MVP and this may be a homer pick I've got Lamar I mean, multiple homer picks on the show. Yeah, but this is a reasonable. No, no, no. I, I, this I one just... is a reasonable homer. Seahawks pick. No, was kind of. Where would the Ravens be without Lamar Jackson? That's all I have to ask. He obviously is leading the team in passing, and then he is leading the team in rushing. Also, four hundred yards more than next on the team, Latavius Murray. Yeah. He is doing it all for the Ravens. He's led multiple fourth quarter comebacks. Now, the defense now is average at best. Yeah. So he is putting the team on his back, doing whatever it takes to win them games. And again, I will say, most valuable player, it's not necessarily best, it's what's valuable. And if this team is going to wind up as a two or a three seed, how much value does Lamar Jackson bring? He is their whole offense. I think the Ravens are probably a top 10 pick team in the draft if Lamar's, if, if it's mm-hmm. like Tyler Huntley. I don't, I don't think that's a question. I mean, yeah. the way their defense is playing and... Let's be real. The receiving core has been better, but it cannot carry an average quarterback. Lamar is carrying this receiving yeah. core. If I like, if I had to pick it, and okay, that would I would definitely it would definitely be a homer pick if I picked Lamar. But like, mm. I think it actually is true. I just yeah. think 
I think it's like... All I'll say is just as a Seattle fan, y'all should be wary because we've been making that argument for the past half decade now and it hasn't worked well. No, I agree. I agree. Like, so, I don't think that's what goes into it as yeah. much. I don't think they're like, well, who if you take away... Like, I think they're just going to be like... It's oh, what it should be, but it's I not. Agree. I can agree to that. But. Uh, MVP really is just like who was the best quarterback this year, just like yeah. statistically. Uh, and then Duncan, what about you? Yeah, I also have Tom Brady. Honestly... Yeah. It's only just because I like seeing old dudes do cool stuff. I feel like so far, <laughs> we've kind of, it's, it's, nobody's really pulled away yet. So, um, this is just kind of my placeholder until it becomes a little bit more clear who really is going to end up winning this award. I think I want to put that in the intro. You saying I like <laughs> old dudes doing cool stuff. I think Josh Allen really got hurt by his performance against Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. He's not really even in yeah, the conversation. No, he was in the conversation, but now that performance, I think, dropped him out completely. But I just feel like even even with take that away, I Josh Allen has not been that impressive. Like, he's he's been okay agree, at times and good at times. I agree. He was in the conversation, but I think now he's there's no chance of him getting in. And I think Kyler missing... If he just misses one game, it'll be okay. But if he misses another game, I think that'll hurt his cause. But he's also not been, like, playing yeah. best recently. So it's kind of... I think what this really says is this has been such a weird season. Like, oh, yeah. no clear-cut guy that's, like, taking... Like, that's pulling away. All the quarterbacks have had bad games. All have lost to bad teams. All the good teams have lost to bad teams. And all the bad teams have beaten really good teams. Mm. So it's like, it makes no sense. And we get an extra game, an yeah. extra week to enjoy it all. It, it makes no sense, but that's why we love the NFL. Uh, and we will be talking about the NFL uh, on our Saturday show. So tune in for that. That'll be episode three. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As always, this was Jonas Evans alongside Brandon Schwartzberg, Nathan Schwartz, Duncan Irvin. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.